Are you looking for a really great cruise vacation but staying close to home? Stay tuned as we do a review of American Cruise Lines. Joining me today are Chris and Tracy Archer, owners of Good Life Travel Group, located in Cumming, Georgia. Chris says he provides travel experiences and not vacations. Together with his wife, Tracy, they've been traveling the world and helping others to experience great vacations. Just this summer, Chris and Tracy cruised the Columbia and Snake Rivers on the American Jazz by American Cruise Lines. Hi, folks. Welcome back to RTE Travel Talk. Good morning. Well, and thanks for having us back, Kim. We appreciate being here. Great to have you with us. So listen, folks, we get a lot of interest and comments from viewers about American Cruise Lines, especially when they, especially when we actually did a comparison of American Queen Voyages and Viking. So for those folks that are big fans of American Cruise Lines, I thought we could spend a little time today talking about that because I know you just recently came off a voyage with American Cruise Lines. How does that sound? Absolutely. Let's do it. Perfect. Perfect. Why don't we start with just a quick 30,000 foot level look at it. Tell us where you went, what ship you're on, and your general thoughts on it. And then we can go into some questions. Okay, great. Well, American Cruise Lines, I don't know if you're familiar that they've been around for 50 years. They're always owned by the same family, the Robertsons. They started out with the shipyard and still build their own ships today. And they have all all different styles, paddle wheel ships, modern ships. And now they even have what's called the Coastal Cats. Okay. That are doing the intercoastal in New England. And Tracy and I are scheduled on one of those. Uh, so uh, we also did the Mississippi River, New Orleans to New Orleans. And then, of course, just recently got off the uh, Columbian Snake River. So you spent quite a, quite a bit of time with American Cruise Lines. I gather you escorted a group itinerary on the Columbian Snake River. Perhaps you could give us a look at that voyage. Oh, great. Well, it started in Clarkston, Washington, which is right across the river from Lewiston, Idaho. And, of course, those two towns are named after Lewis and Clark, right. who were the first pioneers to trek the river and discover it for us. The cruise was kind of based around that theme of Lewis and Clark. We arrived a day early and did the jet boat ride through the canyon. And then the next day we boarded the ship and we headed to Richland, Washington. And this is where Richland, Washington was where the Columbian Snake Rivers come together. Oh, okay. So really the first day was the only day on the Snake River. Yeah. And the jet boat. That was up to snake. Yeah, uh, we arrived at, in Richland, Washington. Uh, Sacagawea State Park is there, and that's that's the park that kind of highlights the convergence of the two rivers, and well worth well worth a visit. Was it a five day voyage or or one of the longer ones that you guys were on? It was a seven day. Okay, seven day voyage. You know, some of their trips they also have a national park thing where you can go from Yellowstone all the way to Glacier, kind of a land tour right so you can do that as well you could combine that we didn't do that because we've been to those areas before right but that option's there for folks that is there and then and also in richland boat parks right at the columbia park trail so you can walk up and down these paved trails for miles or ride a bike there's a winery there long ship cellars it's like a 10 minute walk because they're well known for their wine which was a nice thing to do in the afternoon after we went to the state park and uh, and saw the convergence of the rivers we enjoyed the walking part because the food's so good and uh... (laughs) so yeah no it sounds like it really is you know their next stop was in stevenson 
Washington. Right. And before we even got there, we spent a whole day on the river. So was it fairly scenic going down the river? Very scenic. Yeah. It starts the, out real like it's you're more, in the desert. Yeah. yeah. In Clarkston and Richland, it was a little bit more deserty hills. Right. But now, right. then it starts to change. The terrain changes. So just a lot of, you know, the greenery and it just changes. It gets so we, greener as you go. I was just enthralled just by watching <laughs> the, how the scenery was changing. And there was a historian on board, but, you know, I couldn't sit in front of him. I had to be out looking out at the thing and kind of listening. And then we've got the Stephen and that's where those famous, famous falls, Multnomah right. Falls. I'm sure most of your audience is probably familiar with them. Yeah. It's probably been... It's been in a lot of commercials and got the walking footbridge that kind of stretches in the middle at 620 feet. And they've got a trail that you can walk up to the top. Uh, Tracy and I got pretty close to the top. <laughs> so I would gather that all the videos and pictures in the world don't do it justice for actually being there, right? Absolutely. And it's just a, it's a short drive from the ship. So, you know, definitely worth a, uh, I, don't, I don't think anybody on the ship missed that one. So, yeah. right. So they would take yeah. you, they would take you by, by bus probably up there to that excursion with them. They do. Okay. Yeah. Nice just like coach buses. Just as in everywhere else. So. so tell me what type of passenger do you, do we normally find in American cruise lines folks? Um, it was a range right. ages, I would say, you know, we had people that were very active on the ship and then there was some that were on there, you know, that weren't so active and they just enjoyed staying on the ship. But I was impressed with some people that were there, but, uh, 55 to 75 or, you know, it was probably the average the age, yeah. age, mostly American. Right. So obviously uh, the activities level is just going to really range for what people feel comfortable, comfortable with you doing. Could, yeah, you could do as little or as much as you want. Right. Really. They, they attract to everybody. Yeah. So. And can they, you know, the ship always docked right in the middle of the town. Right. Mm -hmm. So it made it so convenient. Like, in, I believe it was in Kalama, um, McMiniman's Lodge was right there. So they did like a, and there was all kinds of totem poles in the town. So they did a little Talk walking walk tour. Okay. And then McMiniman's Lodge had a beer and bourbon. They make their own beer and bourbon as well. So they did tastings on that. And then in Astoria, they had the Maritime Museum, which was right off the ship again. Yeah. And a town you could walk around and do some shopping very easy to so get up on Most and of the towns had places you could go. And if you wanted to do some shopping or you wanted to go to a brewery or you wanted to just visit the town, you, you really got to see that. And that, that was one of the things that we really liked about it. So very similar to a river cruise in Europe. You're parking into the heart of the mm -hmm. heart of the city in a lot of the on a lot of mm -hmm. these towns. Yep. Yeah. Yes. So great, great to get around. Many families on board or or is this a cruise line that is, you know, that would would be a good fit for families with perhaps you know, younger kids or teenagers? Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't think kids would enjoy it as much as the adults. You saw a lot of uh, moms and daughters traveling or groups of families like ours. We had like 12 people with us. Right. So that was a lot of fun. And single people. I mean, you know, just couples as well, but didn't see a lot of kids on the boat. Historian that was on board. I was very interesting and, you know, but I don't, you know, young. Kids would be bored. I think them. kids would be probably bored on yeah. on the ship uh, and the, you know it at night and then after this story and there was an there was other entertainment singers so in a, so in other words it's probably not um, unless the kids are really into history and they really have to be into history quite a bit very good chance of them being bored and if your kids are bored mom and dad are not going to have a great time exactly that's right what about the time of year is when is the best time of year to do the 
this this itinerary? I would say probably in August, okay, in early September, because Pacific Northwest is known for rain, and that tends to be a little bit drier season. Not. I don't think we had one day of rain. Yeah, we had very nice weather. So we had perfect weather. What about the daytime mm-hmm. temperatures? Was it was it fairly warm? The beginning, it was very warm. Mm-hmm. Like and then, yes, mid eighties. Because think. in that deserty area of Richland and Clarkston, it was a little warmer, but it, it got, got cooler as as we got down the river towards the Pacific. It got cool. Okay, remind me what what was the ship that you guys were on again? We were on the Jazz. These are the more modern ships, right? Like I said before, they you know they have paddle wheel style ships, but those are kind of themed and core is from day gone by, you know, like exactly. related that time of history uh, where the the harmony and the jazz, the two the two that we have been on are a little are more modern. The ships very easy to get around, and lots of outdoor space that you can sit on on every level. You could go on little any porches level and on the sides and walking chairs. The harmony and the jazz are they primarily on the Columbia Snake River? No, they're because we went on the harmony on the Mississippi. Yeah, so they're pretty much on all of the uh, all of the rivers that they do. Okay, because they go all the way from St. Louis, you know, St. Louis all the way down to New Orleans. They have some quite long journeys they're even getting into these world cruise kind of deals where they're doing all the rivers where they do even involve some plane rides to get it to the next location to get back on the river other in alaska like i said they're in new england they go all the way down the intercoastal from up in new england all the way down to south carolina they do all kinds of different so they have a lot of options for the rivers of the united states absolutely and they're very very pro American. They build all their own ship. Uh, they honor all the veterans. And also they have committed all of their ships, if there ever was a wartime and the ship and those ships were needed, they've already pledged that they would, you know, yeah. turn them over to them. Oh, fantastic. Uh, in wartime if they needed them. So really committed, obviously. Yes. So obviously a family-run operation and it filters down to everybody that works for them. Mm-hmm. Yes. We talked about the American Jazz, and you mentioned she's fairly modern. How were, how did you find your staterooms and amenities on board? It's about our room, which was... We're on level four, so it really was a great level to be on because of the, the lounges were on either end of our floor, so... Yes, we could definitely can breakfast. recommend those kinds of things. It yeah. was easy to get back and forth from our room on either end of the ship. Our, our room was 350 square feet. That's nice size and nice balcony yeah. to sit on it was nice and spacious the bathroom was nice and bit you know and but it was nice and spacious. exactly and 350 square feet that's a good size room yeah and i think they started at 270 the very the smallest ones oh really so yes they they don't start in that 175 range so oh grand grand one question that we always get is folks want to know about the dining so how was the food on board we, in, we enjoyed the food. Yeah, the food yeah. was really nice and they great presentation. The lunches were great. They would give you, you know, many options, but just... And it was like three different options. Mm-hmm. You know, they usually would have some type of beef, some type of fish, and maybe vegetarian. They had sure. options. They served the, wine at every meal. Um, yeah, really and you were, asking, you were asking about the amenities before. Of course, all the food is included, right. but they also had like a happy hour every day but if you wanted a bloody mary in the morning you could get i mean you could there was a one bar that was open um which was not the way long. on the other cruise that we were on but you know all day long if you wanted to have anything but you know so it's nice to be able to get it if you wanted yeah. it obviously food is included there spirits included as part of your fare mm-hmm. yes there mm-hmm. and they did a continental type of breakfast upstairs 
you know, outside the dining room as well, where if you didn't want to go to the dining room, you could, but it was still a good variety of and stuff. And the outdoor even in grill that. thing uh, on the oh, back yeah. of the ship, you know, for if you didn't want to go to the, down to the dining room, they had a, a grill in the morning and, and, oh, great. and at lunch. Or you could get a burger or pizza or, or something like yeah. that. Yeah, something more casual and sit outside. So obviously due to the size of the ships, you're not going to have a ton of dining options. You mentioned the outside grill and the main dining room. That's... I would assume that would be it. In terms of the dining, and you're visiting different ports, is there any local fare that, that might have been served in the dining room correspond with where you were? Huckleberry. They were big on Huckleberry because it was in their area, but they had Huckleberry ice cream, Huckleberry anything, but it was in their region, so they could get a lot of it, I guess. Right. But but not necessarily. It was pretty much American kind of fare. Right. Yeah. Not a lot of local regional stuff. How about the entertainment on board? They would bring, um, they had a group of three guys that, did several nights they mm -hmm. i think they were out of disney it was hard you know hard to get people up and and you know going one one night we started the congo line and i said i'm gonna start it and and we did and everyone got up it was so much fun yeah but they <laughs> would bring up. in just like off they would just normally local and then people. they would bring local people from that town in to do entertainment and local, it was entertaining and they did a good job you know yeah. they were funny they combined it with jokes and whatever but yeah they kept the audience pretty uh oh. pretty attentive with it. so in other words it could be something kind of different every night depending on what town yeah. you were in and we're not going to get exactly. we're not going to get broadway shows or anything like that on board these ships because they don't have the size but quite often what i what we've heard is this local entertainment is a lot more interesting, a lot more fun than than perhaps some of the Broadway shows. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it is. But I, I think that people, when they go on a ship like this, if they enjoy history and, you know, the historians are very knowledgeable, they keep you up to date all the way down the river. They're continuing the story of Lewis and Clark. They're telling you a little bit more each day so, we until we get to... Port or whatever. Right. Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, I've heard that they're is actually themed itineraries or cruises with American cruise lines. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that? I would say every cruise is themed as far as history goes, right. with Lewis and Clark and the Civil War and on the Mississippi. But there's other ones. They have wine cruises. There's a, I believe it's a tulip festival cruise. That, so yeah, they do have those types of those types of cruises as well. Oh, fantastic, fantastic. So how do how do they compare in terms of price point? As compared to, for example, American Queen Voyages or perhaps Uncruise Adventures that offer the sim kind of similar itineraries in the Northwest, where where would they fall in 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 the range? I would say they're probably on the probably on the higher end. Okay, we talked earlier about it being kind of all inclusive. So, what all is included in an American Cruise Lines fare? The uh, the meals, beverages, and Most almost all of the uh, the excursions as well. But they there did were... have a premium excursion that you could sign up for, right? Yeah, they had some. They know. had some, but I don't think but they offer on, on what we did. The only thing that we it paid for is going the day before so we could do the jet boat ride. What was your favorite thing about this particular voyage? Favorite memory? Putting you on the spot I, here. <laughs> I just enjoyed the scenery as far as the drastic change of desert down to the greenery and all the way to the Pacific coast and Cape Disappointment probably was our favorite excursion where the Pacific met into the river. Yeah, that's that was, cool. that was in Astoria, that Oregon, the where the where the Columbia ends in in the Pacific, and we walked out to the lighthouse, uh, and just seeing that, just seeing the river coming in, and what uh, they went through, 
back then to find this river and get in there and, and it all was, the history of the shipwrecks and all of that was it's known as the graveyard of the Pacific because of just how treacherous it was to to try to get into the mouth of the river from the ocean. And I would say Cape Disappointment and those Multnomah Falls mm-hmm. were pretty cool and as well as just being in the town, stopping yeah. you know, having the ship dock in the towns and being able to experience those towns as well. Interesting. Up here where we live, there are, are quite a number of, I suppose you could call them local historians. We per, we tend to call them storytellers. They're just absolutely wonderful to go and listen to. And I kind of get the feeling from listening to you two that these historians that are on board these ships as you're going down the river, they're relaying stories and talking about history and that sort of thing. That is a large part of the fun of being on these cruise lines. Am I am I correct in that assumption? I would that, say. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. Now, you've sailed with them a number of times. Are there any perks for repeat clients with American cruise lines? There's the Eagle Society. To be in the Eagle Society, you only have to be have done one trip with them. Right. Uh, I think you. I think if you do ten, you get uh, the eleventh free. Fantastic. Well, folks, this is really super information. Is there anything else you might like to add about American Cruise Lines before we wrap up? I would just say overall, I think that they they're really looking out for the clients, and I just think overall it's a it's a very good, nice cruise line. They do a good job, and it's so nice to be able to see our own country. It's nice to see our rivers and enjoy stay in our country and see it that's right and i would tend to think it would pay to have the services of a real expert travel advisor to guide you through picking out the right particular cruise for american cruise lines i would think so because we would we would be able to say what excursions to do and what not to do what to do like for example the to know how to get to that winery those kinds of things to be able to just give little hints like that to right yeah so the expert Handles the intangibles that people quite often don't think about. Exactly right. Wonderful. Wonderful. If folks wanted to find out more information about possibly booking a American Cruise Lines cruise with yourself or another cruise vacation, how would they do that? They can contact me at goodlifetravelgroup.com or they can send me an email at info at goodlifetravelgroup.com or call me on my phone number, which is on the screen. Uh, welcome a call and and welcome to talk, talk to them more about it. Super. Now, one thing that I've noticed with you folks is you spent a lot of time traveling. And as expert travel advisors, that's the best thing to do to learn about all the products. So I always have to ask all of my guests, where are you guys off to next? Well, we're off to, we have a trip planned to South America on an Azamara ship coming up in January. Uh, It's going to start in Santiago, Chile and go down around the point in South America, the tip and come back up to the Falkland Islands in Buenos Aires. We've got a trip to Michigan in early summer with Tout. So we're going to see see Michigan and the Michigan Lakes. And then uh, and then we're doing the region. we're going to New England and Canada next fall. So we're going to be up your way, Ken. Maybe we can stop by and see you. Well, that's, that's definitely <laughs> a date. And that Great Lakes excursion with Tout Tours sounds like a very, very interesting expedition as well. We'll have to have you back to enlighten us with all your adventures aboard with Tauk. How does that sound? Sounds great. So folks, with that, I'm just going to wish the two of you safe and happy travels. May the wind always be at your back, and I hope to see the two of you on Alito Deck sometime soon in the future. Sounds great. Thank you, Ken. Take care. 
All right. Bye-bye. And that about wraps it up for today, folks. A very special thanks to my guests, Chris and Tracy Archer of Good Life Travel Group. If you would like to reach Chris and Tracy, I will leave their contact information in the description. If you'd like to reach us with a question or a suggestion for a future video, simply send a question to questions at realtravelexperts.com, visit our website, realtravelexperts.com, or leave a comment. We always respond. And as always, folks, if you enjoy this content, a like, subscribe, and a ring of the bell is certainly appreciated and helps us to spread the word. So until next time, happy travels.